there once again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Inside the Shank, a podcast about the upcoming Shakespeare Virtual Theater Company production of The Shawshank Redemption, based, of course, on the Stephen King novella and later the Academy Award-nominated film by Frank Darabont. Today with us, we have, well, heck, one of the nicest people I think you'll ever meet if you get the opportunity, the one and only Gavin Gray. How are you doing, Gavin? Well, I'm blushing a little bit now, Jake. I wasn't expecting such uh, generous compliments. Thank you so much. I like to catch my guards off. I like to catch my guests off guard. A little. <laughs> you did, but no, I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm really happy to be here. So thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So, Gavin, you play the character of Rooster in uh, The Shawshank Redemption. We'll get to talking about Rooster in just a few minutes. But first, I'm, I'm more interested in finding out about uh, you and your acting experience. So let's just start off with I'll give you a simple one up front here. What do you like about acting and, and how did you get into acting? I should probably ask. Sure. Uh, well, I actually started performing at a very, very young age. I uh, grew up in a really religious family and both in my church and my religious elementary school. Uh, performing was just a big part of the culture. Um, and if I recall, kind of an inevitability, like <laughs> if you were there, you were in the shows um, or the concerts or whatnot. Um and so I, I did get a sense that I was decent at it by way of, um, you know, getting speaking roles or solos or okay. being featured on the drums. And the more I did it, the more I enjoyed it. Um, and I think what I really responded to about performing was this idea of creating a space where you wind up connecting with the audience in the experience of leaving reality behind for a while. Um you know, it's this unique shared experience. And, uh, you know, I think I, I definitely had reason in my childhood and teenage years where this idea of escaping was really appealing and comforting to me. So I, uh, I get that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think a lot of people can probably respond to that, even if they're just a, a you know, a routine theater goer. Um, so I stayed pretty steady at acting up until 2007, which was my last stage play. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I uh, I kind of I, I felt like I needed to take some time to more directly rather than creatively confront some of these reasons that I felt like I needed an escape, <laughs> if Fair you enough. will. So, uh, you know, did a lot of self work over the past couple of years. And this is my big return to acting after a 14 year hiatus so you know That's great so all of your fans now they they've been waiting <laughs> and now finally they will be able to see your return performance that's right so, that's right yeah. so let's so let's get into that uh character now rooster um is probably not one of the characters that a lot of people remember from the movie because when it went from a uh, a text the the story and into the movie as is the case when you adapt a lot of uh, stories and novels, some characters get sidelined, some get eliminated uh, altogether. Sure. Um, and so Rooster, I feel, is ha has a larger presence in the play than you might in the movie. What is it like for you? Like I said in the intro here, one of the nicest people that I have met, <laughs> and I say met in quotes, because I've never really met you. This is a virtual <laughs> theater. I. I 
am familiar with uh, your sister who has done some some work for us as well. Also one of the nicest people. So that religious upbringing has at least worked out <laughs> to that extent. Um, but uh, we won't talk about religion here. But uh, <laughs> so, so tell me, you know, you're playing this this con, this a convict rooster. And uh, how do you get into a role like that? How do you understand or prepare for a role so opposite of who you are as a person? Yeah, I mean, you, you nailed it that I, I definitely did sh- struggle to, to ask myself, how am I going to play this guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, when, I, when I first read the role uh, and the, the character description, I'm definitely very even keeled and understated as well. So I, I had expected the challenge in general of reorienting myself to being comfortable embodying any character on stage. Mm-hmm. So, so, to, so to go to someone like Rooster, whose character description actually calls him trailer trash, who's been drug addicted his entire life uh he's in prison for a heinous heinous violent crime um no spoilers yes no no spoilers that's that's all i'll tease um but uh in i think that hit me especially because i've actually been a counselor at a residential facility for young people who have really severe trauma histories Mm -hmm. uh so in a weird way that actually wound up helping me gain some perspective here because um one of the common ways that young people come through that facility is through department of youth services or juvie, if you will. So between that and, you know, my communications and sociology background, I I have spent a lot of time uh, certainly now that I'm playing rooster thinking about what might predispose someone to a life of violence. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason we ask those questions is certainly not to give a free pass or to excuse by any means these vile crimes that people commit, but more importantly to say, if we want to try to make even a dent in reducing the rate of violent crime, we need to start confronting head on where our systems are failing people and how especially these young people with the host of warning signs, if you will, are slipping through the cracks in terms of intervention opportunities. So I apply that to Rooster, you know, that this guy's been drug addicted his whole life. That tells me a lot about his childhood and his upbringing. And, you know, there's a reason we say that abuse is a vicious cycle because it all comes down to our propensity as humans to repeat what we know. And so, again, by no means an imperative in no way excuses or justifies his choice to perpetuate that violence. But I think there's value in acknowledging the fact that for a lot of these cons, you know, especially in the 50s, where I have to imagine that domestic abuse and mental health resources were virtually non-existent, the odds were stacked against them. And um, I think strategically, none of this is laid out in the script explicitly. That's for us as actors to tap into. (laughs) I am just, just just to bring it back to the script real quick and say that you know what I, what I think this play really gets right and and easy in a in a way to to mm. play is that um they don't try to re- to justify these cons crimes but rather show us little glimpses of these almost ordinary situations like tossing the football or playing cards or watching yeah. a movie that albeit very faintly and intermittently remind us of their humanity uh, which is why I think apart from the stake in Andy's story, uh, the cons are even worth watching at all. So, totally. you know, totally. yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a, a credit to Stephen King who, you know, probably went into it. And, and this isn't obviously his only prison story. I mean, when right. he wrote the green mile, there's a lot of that, uh, that too. Um, 
so wow that that's great that you you have that you know experience to bring to the front here hopefully you didn't go full method and you know do the uh, <laughs> and really get into uh rooster's character there but that's not that's none of my business i uh, sure didn't no yeah, we're not um, gonna drug test you or, or anything <laughs> like that. that's well well you know and i think part of it too is just that fun idea of playing a you know when you have a villain like this or, or a, an unlikable character that they're a foil from a literary standpoint so w- when you're playing a foil you have to think you're you're giving the reason for the the protagonist to have something to fight against so even just from that kind of really basic standpoint it's like all right you kind of have to have fun with it because you're there yeah. to be the villain for a reason so you might as well go full out <laughs> sure. so that's the less clinical answer right. <laughs> That's that's the layman's version. Of, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, the abridged version. Um, yes. You know, you were mentioning before that when you started acting when you were younger, uh, you thought, well, I'm okay at this. I, I, I can do it. I'm enjoying it. What would you say is uh, your greatest strength as an actor if you had to pick one? Oof. Um, let me think. That's a good okay, question. Put the music on now for you. Yeah, you might need to. Um, I mean, I think kind of as I just illustrated, I, for better or for worse, you know, villain or hero, I do really try and get into the etymology behind a character. Why, what makes them tick? Why are they the way that they are? Even if it's not explicitly written out, I mean, your, your job as an actor is to take someone from whether they're in the background or whatever they're doing and make them a three-dimensional dynamic person. And so in order to do that, you have to put a little thought into it, I think. So yeah. um, I'd say that's probably that. I, I try and spend a lot of time with the material and a lot of time thinking about who is this guy and, and what makes him tick? That's great. Whoever That's great. it is. Yeah. So when you were younger or even, even still today, is there a part of you that kind of dreamed of one day being a professional actor? Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. No, I no, definitely. I think, um, or a musician too. I was really okay. into music, singing, drumming. Um, and it's so funny because in my, in my personal life now, if I have to get up and give a presentation at work, I'm like shaking the whole time. I'm nervous right now. I'm nervous. I'm a little, oh, red you're nailing it. <laughs> Thank you. But, um, yeah, it's just so funny how we change it. I think what's cool about right now, like I said before in my, you know, maybe previously it felt more urgent to act. Cause I, I really did feel like I needed an escape. I just needed, it was like my, my coping mechanism with the world. And so now that that's not as urgent now that it's not like I need an escape, I get to have fun with it. It, it becomes this it, more of a passion project, more of a creative outlet in a way that's just fun. Like, hey, this is a way to break up the pandemic. This is the way to get mm-hmm. back into something and, and really challenge myself. I mean, I almost bailed out of the audition several times because oh, no. I didn't. I did. I was like, I don't know if I could do this. Am I, is it going to be terrible? I was so nervous at the audition, yeah. thought I tanked it. I was so nervous that I unplugged my whole monitor while my scene partner was reading. Wow. And I had no idea if you guys could still see me. Thankfully, uh, she had a, quite a monologue. So I knew I didn't have a line for a while, but I'm like scrambling to plug it back in, trying to keep my face oh, neutral. So I had no idea. <laughs> Okay, good. I was like, oh, man. I'm like, I hope she's taking her time with this because uh, I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> maybe but, greatest, uh, yeah, maybe your greatest strength is that you don't show your anxiety. You don't show <laughs> your nervousness. I don't know. But you, right. you are a lot of fun to watch on there. I can see that you're I can tell that you're really enjoying it. And from an audience, well, from a director's perspective, obviously, that's what you want the the actors to do. But, you know, even from an audience perspective, it's you know, it's the old trope about there's no small parts, only 
small people. So, I mean, yeah. rooster is not a huge role. It's not a small role either, but you're, you're having a lot of fun with it. And, and the, uh, the viewer's eye, my eye is just directed to, to watching you like, huh, what's Gavin going to do now? So, like, um, so, Hey, Gavin, it's, it's been a joy as always to chat with you over this, these uh, past few minutes. Uh, thank you for joining us. I do have one final question that uh, I put to all of the, uh, the people I talk to on here. Oh. And that is call out some, maybe it's a statement, call out somebody by name who you're going to put on the spot right now to buy a ticket to the Shawshank Redemption. I will. So I've been listening to all the other guys' podcasts. It's been so awesome to, to listen to. I've been really enjoying it. You had some it. So, time to prepare. So I did know, and, and I did prepare. Um, right. so, so I'm actually going to call out my buddy, Mike. Um, he's been my best buddy since 11th grade. Okay. And I actually have strategically haven't told him that I'm in the show yet because oh. he's a big podcast fan. So I think this might be a nice surprise. Just kind of slip the uh, the podcast episode into his uh, his inbox and say, hey, ch check this out. And, uh, li listen through. Uh, we've done theater together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've done theater together. He's he's come to some of my. So that just shows how far back we go. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I think uh, he'll appreciate it for what it is. And I think he'll definitely be eager to support. So, Mike, I expect to see you there, man. OK, Mike, I'm expecting to see you there, too. Buddy <laughs> Mike from 11th grade. All That's right. That's right. Hey, Gavin, thanks so much again for uh, for joining us. And uh, everybody else can see Gavin's stellar performance along with the rest of the cast of the Shawshank Redemption this summer, July 30th and 31st on Broadway On Demand from Shakespeare Virtual Theater Company. And uh, we'll see you again next time for another installment of Inside the Shank. Thanks, Gavin. Thank you.